I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's going on, That's a Rat fans? I can't explain how excited I am to talk to you all again about basketball, about the NBA, and about your Toronto Raptors. I just want to give you a quick disclaimer before we start this episode. The boys and I wanted to drop the news uh, about when the NBA and the MEPA decide to go with which start date, either the 22nd of December or the 18th of January while we were recording, but it didn't happen. It actually happened right after we recorded. So, just to let you guys know, December 22nd, we got some basketball back. Until then, enjoy the episode. Another episode of That's a Rap Podcast. I'm your co-host Jay Rosales. It has been a very short off-season for us. We took all of two weeks off and we're back <laughs> to bring you the news. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host Dre and our wonderful producer Jason. How are you doing guys? Uh, this is very interesting because it seems like the NBA off-season is shorter than the American election, but that's just how <laughs> I feel. Uh, Jay, how do you feel? <laughs> That's so true. Uh, see, I, I wanted to start off by saying that, yes, we are in, I guess, I guess North America is kind of having a watchful eye in uh, what's happening south of the border, at least for us. And, uh, you know, there's no there's no word on who's going to be the next presidency. And why I bring this up is because it kind of does depend on who's going to be president and what's going to happen with the NBA. It kind of all coincides of what's going to happen with, you know the government i guess <laughs> but it's kind of nice to not think about um you know who's going to be in the white house who's going to be even for who's going to be the prime minister for us because i believe the the uh, elections for canada is coming up too but let's finally finally talk about some nba it's been a while jay dre i miss you guys it's it sucks that we're still in quarantine but you know one day we're all gonna uh, have a beer and we're gonna watch a game together probably not in the arena anytime soon but we'll talk about that jay what do we got in the docket brother oh yeah there's there is a lot to talk about here and you know on let, let's hold that thought of, of having beer in an arena because that's probably going to come up in our first segment here and that yep. is the finalizing of when the next season is actually going to start uh, we are recording this on Thursday, November the 5th. So by the time you hear this, maybe the agreement will be finalized. We are leaning towards what the NBA and NBA play, National Basketball Player Association are leaning towards, which is a December 22nd start date. It is very, very soon. In fact, that is seven weeks away. And wow. should this be approved by both sides, then... There's a lot of work that needs to be done on all sides here, right? Mm -hmm. And I guess the first thing, actually, let me just outline what that timeline will look like. And then you okay. guys can 
can discuss whatever you want to discuss from based off of this. So two less than two weeks from today, November 18th, is the NBA draft. Two days after that, or maybe three days after that, so two or three days, free agency opens. Hello, Fred Van Vliet. And mm-hmm. a week after that, training camp starts December the 1st. And then within the next three weeks, there will be maybe three or four preseason games, and the season starts on December 22nd. That's My God. a very, very short offseason. Any initial thoughts on this, guys? Um, I hate to think this line of, of you know, I, I, I hate, okay, I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm concerned about injuries. Like, we're already playing at such a high level. I'm with such intensity and so many people off season are still crunching time at the gym, uh, you know, trying to get ready for the next season. Cause they didn't make it to the finals. They didn't make it to the playoffs. They're trying to get better next year. They all got that Kobe mentality. What's that going to look like right now? You know, you still have so many players who are okay. Look, you know, they're, they're all fit. They've all, you know, they can all run laps. They all have cardio. But that's not what I'm talking about when it comes to fitness and, you know, preparedness. I'm talking about the body itself. There are heavy mm-hmm. weights landing on, you know, on your knees, on, on, on your feet. There's uh, the body contact. There's, you know, the, the minor injuries that aren't even technically injuries. That's just your body kind of dealing with, you know, minor, minor tweaking that you might not even know is there. Like, let's say one player crashes into another and they don't realize that they're ripped. It's a little bit more off than it was when the game first started. It's all of these little things. Players are continuously always getting ready, always trying to condition themselves. And I would argue, and I, I could be wrong about this, but I would argue in the 2000s and 2010s, to me it feels like we've seen more injuries of this type of nature, of being overplayed, of overstressing oneself. I need I remind people of Derek Rose, who shouldn't have been in that goddamn game. Players overexerting themselves and getting injured in that way. So with that in mind and this bubble season we've just had, there's that side of it, but there's also with the bubble side side of things, the mental side of things. They've just been, a lot of these players have just been away from their families for like a, a number of months. And we don't fully know what the next season is going to look like in terms of where things are going to be, what the, you know, if they're going to be fans, who's going to be allowed anywhere, right? Like, I think mentally and physically, it's uh, we would love it because it would make the league fall back in line. You know, we love it as fans, but you know, if you're really looking at this and looking at these athletes as people, I think it's too soon. I think this is going to be really bad for them. Hmm. And I think also on on that aspect, Dre, is that like arguably this bubble season was probably the toughest mentally and physically to all the players. So outside of uh. And I and probably you're right. Outside of like the Los Angeles Lakers, every other team and every other player wants to get going so they can start playing again and play the game that they love. But I do agree that you know there's just you know players are all about habit and already they have gotten out of their comfort zone in order to play in this bubble. And now you're asking them to go back in such a short period of time. So there is a lot of concerns. But I think that there is a lot more outside of the. The players, the players are the ones who's going to definitely get like they they run the NBA pretty much, right? But outside of it, it's like there's so much more to it. So with the December twenty second, the tip off that that apparently may help the NBA save a 
about $500 million and more in revenue instead of the MLK start date that the players really initially wanted uh, on January 18th. So not only will they it'll help save the NBA money, but they'll also not, if they start on the 22nd, they'll one, they'll have the Christmas Day game. And also it won't coincide with the Olympics coming in in the summer if that actually happens. So that those things are concerning, of course, to the NBA. Now, the one that I'm wondering about is, okay, there's so many things that is happening, especially right now. They're, they're you know, voting for the next president. There's still a whole lot of social injustice going on, of course, in both countries. And then you also have, uh, you know, the one, one thing that is making all of us still be away from each other is the coronavirus that doesn't seem to be stopping in our country or, or, or America. So per the jump, when I, w- I was watching Rachel Nichols talking about it, it's just going to be very interesting to see how the NBA wants to have the audience in the stands because apparently they want about 25 to 50% capacity. But if you look at like the state's, and the what they're allowing so they're allowed seven states in america are allowing 25 people max and that's in those states 24 percent of the nba is in that in in those states now there are other 18 states that are allowing 50 people in max and that's 62 percent of the league and there's 23 states that are allowing 100 people max inside and that's 79 percent of the league none of those None of those include Toronto. What the hell is going to happen to Toronto? Because they can't go back and forth around the border, right? So all of these questions, do you really think that the NBA can do this or figure this up before the 22nd? Probably. They, they did the bubble. We didn't think that we were, that was going to happen. But it's, it's, it's a lot of questions that need to be answered, man. Oh, no, I just want to clarify one bit of uh, one news bit you, you mentioned there, Jason. Uh, the 25 to 50% capacity is for the suites only. So, oh, uh, God. So, I did not even know that. Only, only the, the richest of the rich are getting, are getting in there. And even then, it is, if we think about how, let, let's use Scotiabank Arena. I know that that's, that's a topic we're going to talk about shortly, but or actually think about any arena, really. So, I, I think. The thinking is the seats will still be empty. However, the suites that are you know located throughout the arena, typically above uh, most of these these seats, but some are located around uh, courtside level, they will be only at twenty five to fifty percent capacity within each suite. So wow. you also see like the the NFL and the NBA uh, you, when you watch the games there you do see fans in the stadium but remember those stadiums are outdoors or they're large yeah. enough to have yep. an outdoor capacity yep, and right. even still you have the MLB that are playing putting the cutouts too so th- to think about if they want to have people in stadiums again with the Scotiabank Arena that's nine capacity is nineteen thousand eight hundred to put 25% and 50% capacity in those suites alone, what, Jay, you were thinking about, I mean, we've there been there long enough. We're thinking about what, a thousand, like Yeah, 2, you're, you're looking at, you know, yeah, you're looking at 8,000 people, 7,000, something to that effect. But that's, that's, that's the bit of clarification we need. We, I'm just trying to outline here is that we're not talking about filling the entire stadium. We're talking about filling just those suites. So the thinking behind that is, okay, we are not allowed to have, uh, a certain number of people indoors. So let's try to, instead of trying to fill 
as many seats within what we're allowed. Let's fill the most expensive and let's sell these right. suites. Right. And the thinking is probably that within each suite, that's your own respective bubble, right? So mm -hmm. that's kind of their way of trying to make some money back. And, uh, you know, as, as you've already pointed out, both of you actually have pointed out already, is that this is very much money driven, right? And that's why they want this December 22nd start date. And so um, a couple of things that I want to kind of transition this into, um, and, and Jason, I uh, sorry, Dre, I think you were about to mention it, is, is the Raptors themselves and where they're yes. going to play. And so word out of, a couple of sources are there are some cities out there that are pining to have the Raptors be their home uh, arena because, you know, as it currently stands there, there is still no uh, flying between countries. Um, there's, there's a lot of restrictions there that will uh, prohibit any team from visiting the Raptors because they have to go through 14 days of quarantine yeah. before they can play. Right. So uh, a couple of, of cities have jumped out here Um the the first one that came out was was Kansas City. There's also been some, some discussion of, uh, I believe it was, I think Seattle was mentioned at one point, but I think Kansas yeah. City was a big one. Yeah, Kansas and uh, I want to say shout out shout out to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, Kansas was was a good city. Was Louis wasn't Louisville one as well? I can't remember if that was. Uh, yeah, Buffalo. Louisville was like the start. You, could, I think, uh, people were going crazy because. Um, Montrez Harrell, who was who went to school in Louis or played in Louisville, like had was gonna go train with OG or something like that. I'm not right. too sure, but that was like in the forefront of it all. So here's here's the thing that's required though for a team to take on the Raptors is that they need to have an NBA level type of arena as well as a practice facility of some sort nearby. That is why I believe Buffalo is eliminated uh, because oh. the Sabers have their hockey games and. They're, they're, they're going to have priority for that. So they probably won't be opening it up. Um, and then the problem with Louisville is, um, and as well as, I think the problem with, was it Louisville or, or, or Kansas City? One of them was the problem with the way they had dealt with, uh, they don't want to be in the place where, where all the Brianna Lou Taylor. Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where the, any links to, to Brianna Taylor and, and, and what was going on there. Um, and, and the one city that seems to be jumping out in front right now is Newark, New Jersey. Um, so the, this is the former home of the New Jersey Nets before they moved over to Brooklyn. So there is obviously an NBA arena there. There's obviously practice facilities as well. And there's also the addition of the fact that it's in a location that is very close to their division rivals. And if we think about what this schedule mm -hmm. will look like, the thinking is that it's going to be very much heavy on intra-division and intra-conference games, possibly yeah. the elimination uh, of, or at least the reduction of inter-conference games. So having the Raptors close to the Knicks and the Nets and, and the Sixers uh, works as well. So uh, that's a lot of talking from me. But what do you guys think about, about those cities and those options? Yeah, I think that... Um... Now that we're talking about this now, uh, Jason, you brought up earlier that this might be one of the things that the, the league has to like focus on, but like you know, if the restart the season or whatever. But I think it's only like a minor thing because uh, obviously there's always going to be some sort of a, you know, like a plan B being figured, and it sounds like there is one with New York, with um, you know, New Orleans, for instance, when the hurricane hit and they had to relocate to wherever it was. I don't remember right now offhand, but. Uh, 
it looks like we're in that stage right now, and that's going to be fine. I don't know if it's going to ever affect the uh, the coming back of the league or anything. Uh, if it is happening on the twenty second, they should probably hurry though. Um, yeah, in all in all honesty, if we're not able to attend games, and that's just what it is, I'm not sad at all that they are relocating mm. just for a year. I mean, it's you know, leagues have done it, teams have done it. You know, it's not the only time in history, and they're not going to not be the Toronto Raptors. They they still are. They're just relocated for a little while. And, you know, if they're going to be in, in Newark, New Jersey, uh, I guess it's kind of close to where we are. Not quite, but it's close enough that it, you know, makes sense to them in relation to, like, where they're going to have to travel to, to their games, unless they got something in, like, Michigan or something, but they don't because Detroit's already there. Nonetheless, I think it's pretty cool. Plus, whenever they kick the crap out of the Knicks, they're like right there, so they could like you know just <laughs> come like drop dog food on their doorstep or something if they're in the neighborhood. It'd be, it'd be the Disney bubble all over again, really. They yeah, kind of, uh, except you know the Knicks didn't make it to the bubble, so uh, yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, whatever gets the team to where they need to be and their their season, you know, flourishing. That's that's what matters the most, and. I don't know. I like the idea of, of Newark. I, I, you know, some of the other places, maybe, maybe not. Uh, Seattle, because I used to like the Sonics. Uh, you know, I love the reality of Sonics. That's pretty cool. And I, I obviously love the Storm. So maybe they deserve a really good NBA team. They haven't had mm. one for a while. They have the WNBA champions. Why don't we give them the NBA champions too? But if not, Newark, Newark is fine. Uh, Jay, I want to ask you a question. They apparent from Woj. I remember reading this. There was apparently some sort of tournament proposal gaining yes. traction for like the seven, eight, nine, ten seed. Yeah. But a final is. Are they doing? Is it like what they That's, did for the last playoff spot? Yes, Woj? that is that is part of that was part of both proposals. So it looks like this is going to happen regardless. So along the same lines of what happened in the bubble, but just one more one additional spot extended. So there will be the. So this affects seeds seven through ten in both conferences. So the seven would face the eight, and the winner gets the seven seed. Meanwhile, the nine faces uh, the ten is kind of like a hell in the cell death match, and <laughs> whoever wins that faces the eighth seed for that final spot. Hmm. So the eighth seed, so the, between the seven and eight winner, the, obviously they make it, but the loser still has a second chance to get still get into the playoffs, right? Uh, so okay. that's that's the thinking behind that. And it adds a little bit of an intrigue to the end of the season, to be honest. Yeah, no, no, I, I see that for sure. I was I want to come back to the point of the Toronto Raptors finding a new home. I mean, okay, if it if it wasn't the fact that we're such a good team, we're past champions, um, and we have a very high future. If if we were on the other end of the stick, if we were like the Charlotte Hornets at that point. Do you do you, do you think that the NBA would just be like, nah, you guys are good, you stay there, you don't have a chance anyway? <laughs> I wonder. I just wonder, just because that Toronto is so good, they have to keep them in. I just wonder if that's in the back of people's heads. Well, I can imagine it's like you know, commissioner company. It's just like, oh, can we be a part of the league too? And it's like, okay, Charlotte, <laughs> you might make the playoffs right? this year. Uh, like, okay, sure. God. <laughs> This actually leads to my my final question about this uh, restart, and that is surrounding teams like Charlotte and more specifically the Golden State Warriors. 
are are they at an advantage because they've had the most rest or are at they are they at a disadvantage because it's been nine months since they've played any kind of competitive ball? Well, it depends on the two teams they're looking at. For Charlotte, where they didn't really have much discipline and order anyway, even though they have young talent that's looking pretty good, I'd say it's not been great because they need that that chemistry. But if you're talking about the Warriors, what was the state of the Warriors last year? You know, if you're the type of NBA fan who's not, like, literally watching the game, you're just going by stats and, you know, vibe and just whatever clout is happening on social media, you might say, yeah, they had a shit season. Why? Because Steph was injured. Clay was not even there. He was just not there the entire season. Draymond got injured. Obviously, Durant left. But now they have the number two pick. All these guys are back. They're three-time champions. One of them is a double MVP. One of them is a defensive player of the year. And what I think, if I'm not mistaken, the only guy to get a triple-double without it accumulating as points being a part of that stat. You're looking at two of the greatest shooters of all time. You know, they all have charisma. They all have work ethic. They all have elbow grease. And they have the number two pick. So with all of that time, I think the and Andrew Wiggins. With, oh, yeah, and they have Andrew Wiggins, which... We haven't had enough time to see if Andrew Wiggins really was a lazy player or if he just needed the proper environment. We haven't had time to see that yet. So I'm honestly thinking they're going to be a top contending team, mostly because of all this time they've had off. Because you you put Clay Thompson and, and Steph Curry in a gym for that amount of time off, you think their accuracy was already deadly? The league is going to be in a lot of trouble. I definitely concede with you that the Warriors are going to be deadly for a, for a while still. Uh, well, I guess depending on what they want to do with Andrew Wiggins too. To to answer your question, I just feel like it it all depends on who you know you're facing at the end of the day and what kind of circumstance. Because at all all in all. It's not. It's in nobody's fault that people could or couldn't be in like the bubble area and were able to play or had the record in order to play. It's kind of like in the same sense of like in the playoffs. If so and so wasn't injured, then we would have had a better chance or something like that. And mm-hmm. it all depends on who you're playing at the end of the day. So for the for the Warriors or for any team for that matter who has more time off i think it's i think any time off is good i think any time off with your family is is a good thing um but i also see how players like jimmy butler or something like that who just want to be in a gym or even Giannis who want to be in a gym 24/7 it could hurt um but again it all depends on the circumstances uh at you know you're you're given it doesn't matter who who's injured or who's not if you're not out there ready to play then you know, that's, that's on you. Yep. Well said. And uh, I'm actually going to speed through the next segment because we've got a lot that we want to talk about here. It's been two weeks. Jeez. I feel like we've been away for like two months, (laughs) Uh, but we're going to quickly go over some of the hirings that have taken place over the last couple of weeks. Uh, A couple of big names, a couple of big uh, positions have been filled, uh, namely Raptors, uh, now former Raptors assistant coach Nick Bjorkgren is moving over to Indiana to coach the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Shout out, shout out, Nick, man. Shout out, Nick. Well, not, well, 
the other Nick, <laughs> the <laughs> sideline Nick. Yeah, but no, he. I, I mean, from all the accounts of the players, like they all loved him. They all love the Bjorken. So I'm glad that the fact that he's going for a head coaching job. Oh man, you got to take that. You got totally take deserves that. it. And yeah, that, that's pretty good. And if for anyone who has not yet read Nick Nurse's book that came out a couple of weeks ago, Rapture, it is great. Uh, and there's an entire section dedicated just to Nate Bjorkgren and the the history that he has along with Nick Nurse is going to be great because it continues now in the NBA. They were they faced each other in the D League finals. They you mm-hmm. know they they huddled in. I believe it was uh, Nick's basement or Nate's basement, one of their basements, and just spent evenings just drawing up plays together, night in and night out. And that's that is so amazing. And just to if I could be a fly on a wall in that basement, it'd be amazing. Yeah. So uh, the the friendship that they've they've had over the years, and also the times where they've been even competitors, it's, it's been a great journey to kind of see from afar, and, and it kind of gets to continue here in the NBA. So that'll be a cool. Mm-hmm. Um, wrinkle to the toronto indiana rivalry um a couple of other hirings along the way uh daryl morey is now the gosh someone correct me here is it president president. yeah he's He's the president of the 76ers president of the 76ers uh, mike d'antoni and amari stoudemire have signed on as assistant coaches in brooklyn and today announced uh rex calamanian former raptors assistant coach is now an assistant coach over in sacramento fancy well i've got a i i just gotta say this you know you've got mike d'antoni Mari stoudemire and steve nash all coaching effectively the brooklyn nets right so I just got to say this because I, I, you know, I feel like it, it needs to be said. They're known for the seven seconds or less offense, correct? Mm-hmm. That is correct. Seven seconds or less is also the amount of time it takes for Kyrie Irving to be on his bullshit. Anyway, I don't know what that's going to mean for the Brooklyn Nets. That's either it's it's tough with that Tony because it seems like the you know the guy knows what he's doing, but he also goes to extreme like that all small ball. I don't know what the hell it is, but he's only assistant. Steve Nash is the head coach, which he's never done before. But with his playmaking, you never know. So that's going to be very interesting. Meanwhile, you're looking at Sacramento. That's obviously an organization that needs some new life, needs some heart, needs whatever it could take. And you've got a head coach like uh, Luke Walton, who's obviously trying his best. Every little bit will help. So I feel like the Calamadian, you know, addition – who knows, you know, get some of that Raptors blood because, you know, whether it's Indiana or Sacramento, every little po- bit of positivity helps. We're a great organization, and I feel like some of the, the struggling organizations could use something like that. So mm-hmm. best of luck over there. I hope everything goes well. And um, if Sacramento makes the playoffs for the first time in, what is it, 15 years? Isn't it like a record now? Like it's like the, the longest drought in NBA history. It's either theirs or I think it's Minnesota's, but I think you're right. Maybe no, Minnesota, yeah. they, they snapped it uh, two years ago with the, the Butler Wolves. Oh, right, 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 right. But they were until now. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, good job, Boogie. He just didn't do it when you were there. Sometimes. Another hiring I want to point out is uh, the head coach for the Rockets, the uh, Stephen Silas. Oh, yeah, that's right. Stephen Silas. Silas. So oh, who is yeah. the son of Paul Silas, who is a Hall of Famer as well. So it's really it, it's it's cool to see a father and son uh, because like Paul Silas became a head head coach in the 80s. And now 40 years later, Stephen Silas is the head coach 
now, which is awesome. But I don't mean any disrespect, but regardless of what happens in the offseason, because it looks like Houston's going to be making some trades, he's got a lot of work to do to clean up whatever the hell final hurrah Mike D'Antoni was trying to do there. So he's got his work cut out for him, but... Yeah, you know, I've got faith. I mean, I've got faith. Those those rumors of uh, Maury trying to snag back uh, James Harden to go to the Sixers. <laughs> I don't like. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. That's kind of an interesting. Like, what kind of trade they they can do is beyond me. I'm sure it's going to have some sort of package deal when it comes to Ben Simmons. But but they don't want to get rid of of either Simmons or Embiid. So that's where it gets interesting because clearly what they want to do is they want to keep. Simmons offensive. So how do we keep Simmons offensive? Let's literally get the most offensive guy in the league. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like it's, yeah, it's just to me is like almost. And I say this as a Sixers fan. It's almost as bad as the whole all small ball thing, where it's like you guys. This is this is maybe fun in like NBA two K, but like this is real life. You can't just have like the most defensive point guard all star. And the most offensive guy who shoots in and does like step backs and has a little defense, like, and then and beat is the mediator. Like, what kind of a team is that? I don't know. I just foresee <laughs> so many lapses in judgment happening. Like, if that happens, if that trade actually happens, can you imagine the Houston Rockets being led by both Westbrook and uh, Simmons? Both are two you know, dynamic players. They, they can't they shoot for keep, shit, though. They want to keep both Embiid and Simmons, and they want to make it a big three. So who the hell would Houston get if it's not Simmons? If it is Simmons, then that's even worse because that like that that's continuing the whole small ball thing. But if yeah, it's yeah. Uh, if it's not Simmons, who the hell? Oh, is Al Horford? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Houston's already flat out said this is not going to happen. But you know, yeah. it's not going to stop Maury from trying. No, it's not. It's not. I mean, he he he's the one who basically no, he didn't invent it, but he's the one who forefronted the whole, like you know, shoot threes. Threes are more than twos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but all right, la- last thing, and I don't want to go off on a on a down note, but we got to talk about Terrence Davis. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. When we heard it, when we heard that news, and all three of us, I think we all shared that news together, and and I think like Ooh. much you know, much like the Raptors and. Uh, when they when they spoke out too, it's not up to them to see what happens. It's all up to, about the NBA and NBA PA, but they take these issues very seriously. And if you guys haven't, uh, if you guys didn't hear about the news, Terrence Davis was arrested uh, for domestic abuse, and I I'm hoping like okay. So when I heard about this news, and and I told Jay and Dre, I said that this is a serious serious matter, one hundred percent. But it's not something that I would be, no, we have to get him out of here or Terrence Davis, you're fired or anything like that. It's one of those things where you have to give him a chance to live and learn. So if Terrence Davis is really serious about recovering, then one, he should publicly apologize. And two, he should tell uh, the media, the world, his team, uh, his teammates, his the Raptors, that he's serious about taking steps to you know do whatever it takes to make it better go through anger management do whatever it takes to kind of you know help the situation so again um it kind of when i when i brought this up with my wife and, and it was like the same thing when it came to the don cherry situation when don cherry says some racial remarks and the cbc uh 
you know, they fired him right away. A lot of people were okay with it and a lot of people weren't. I was on the side that they I wasn't okay that Don, they, they fired Don Cherry so quickly. Not because that I was okay with what he said. Of course I'm not. But because that there's no chance of him to learn, to understand why it was bad that people are taking this seriously. If you just fire him, then he's going to be like, well, I'm just going to say the same shit somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so for Terrence Davis, I want... I, as a you know he's a, he's a young man he made a mistake so i want him to understand that like these are serious mistakes and you are in a serious situation how are you going to handle it i'm not i'm not going to be like this like this is i don't know if it's his first time i, I have no idea but if it is you have to learn from it and that's mean, what i'm trying to tell to, okay say, say to people uh sorry i'm just gonna jump in because this is something that I, I i take this type type of stuff very very personally um for me, the biggest difference between somebody like a Don Cherry and a Terrence Davis, Don Cherry is an established icon of radio and television. And oh, look, I completely disagree with what he said as well. And I feel like um, I don't think it was like completely out there that he was like, oh, but I feel like when you're that established for decades, literally, I think it's like 50 years or more at this point that he's been a presence in, in the hockey league or any, or just Canadian hockey in general. That's kind of where we're at. When it comes to Terrence Davis, I try my absolute best as a film critic and music critic, uh, formerly, to separate the artist from their art. Because let me tell you, a lot of people are terrible people, but they're fantastic at what they do. And you're not endorsing Roman Polanski as a person if you say Chinatown is the best film of the 70s or anything like that. Having said that, this is again Don Cherry and Roman Polanski and these innovators, these these people who changed everything. So it's that it becomes like a difficult tug of war. When it comes to Terrence Davis, yes, his game was good, but he hasn't really done like at this point, it's like it's like right at the start of his career. To me, he's, he's killed his career. That's the way that I see it. And it's not just the fact that he did something not great. He did something, if the allegations are true, something atrocious. The repetitive punching to the face of of one's girlfriend or spouse, whomever she might be, and the endangering of their child. Now, with the amount of counts that he's, he's received... I do know that when it comes to like the police system, maybe that's an indication that he might not have done as quite as much as people are saying, because usually officers will try to slap as many counts as possible. So one of them will stick. If it was something he undeniably did, maybe they would like have like one or two counts. So therefore, you know, it's set in stone. He's going to get flagged for it. So we don't really know between the public statements, the allegations, the police counts. We don't fully know or understand what happened, but the fact that he himself hasn't said anything yet, the fact that there hasn't been any follow-up yet, that leads me to believe that when there's rumors going around that he punched someone in the face repetitive times, that's not a mistake. That's not a slip-up. That's full-on dangerous and reckless and if you are so riled up and angry that you punch a wall or you slap somebody once and then you, you take it back, that's still terrible. But it's not the same as 
punching again and again and again and again. It doesn't matter what the other person did. If their life is endangered and your child's life is endangered, that to me is where it just gets really ugly. Is he a great rookie that we had? Yes. But at this point, and I'm not Maasai, and I'm not speaking on behalf of the organization, I, I say screw it, just let the kid go. Well, I don't want to, this to be associated with us, that we couldn't get rid of this guy who ruined his own career, frankly, by doing something this heinous and this this disgusting. Like, that's entirely yeah. on him. That's the way I, I see I think I have it. to, I have to, I think everybody will have to look in, including myself, would have to look at the entirety of it. And, and I think we also talked about, you know, when it came, I know it's the severity is not the same, but when JV was pulled over with the uh, drunk, drunk driving, drunk, yeah. yeah, drunk driving, um, it, it was not, it's definitely not the same thing, but at the same time, it was a serious, serious matter, and people should seriously take that and uh, not take that, you know, lightly. But you know, I I feel like the the, the team did the right thing. Um, I feel like JV did the right thing of, of publicly apologizing. Um, but again, I don't think that that you know. I feel like in this case, we have to make sure that you know the evidence proves it. I guess I, I don't. I don't know. All in all, I I just feel like um, he should definitely say something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, that could be just be a lawyer thing. So yeah. I don't know the entire story. That's true. Yeah, we haven't heard anything from him. We've only gotten one statement out of the Raptors. I'm thinking that something has gone on behind closed doors between Terrence Davis and the Raptors in terms of telling them what actually happened. Because if the Raptors are going to continue having the, I guess, the, the this good culture team feeling around the league, they're damaging that title mm-hmm. by continuing to have Terrence Davis on the team. So I'm thinking that they might know something that would kind of help them in terms of keeping him on the team because everything points to this is not a good guy for the team. I mean, this is not the first time he's had something that has rubbed people the wrong way. And this is not rubbing the people the wrong way. This is definitely hurting another human being. But earlier in the bubble, you know, there was the the, the photo of him walking around with a hole in his mask. And earlier this summer, he was also spewing out some um, anti-vaxxing or anti-masking or conspiracy theories of some sort. So there, there's a lot of immaturity there. And it's it's a bit shocking to me that the Raptors continue to stand behind him when they have really grown themselves as as being one of those, those places that has a great culture and, and a place that free agents and everyone likes to be at. So to continue to have him on the team is a bit concerning. And that's why I wonder what is it that's making them keep him? Because I got to tell you, you know, I'm not looking at the basketball player anymore. I don't care what he's done. Exactly. Yeah. I I think that that should be what he's done should be enough to release him. And unless there's been something said behind closed doors that says, Hey, she's absolutely lying. Cause like with the situation with Adrian, what happened to Adrian Griffin earlier this year, right away, it was like words came out from him, his, his, uh, one of his kids and like that, this is all a lie, whatever. Mm -hmm we've heard nothing from him. We've heard nothing from the Raptors that they know anything. So I, I am very concerned that on why he's still with the team. And I think that they should release him. Or it's like DeMarcus Cousins, which also happened when, uh, what was it again? It was like the, the, the fatal threats uh, surrounding like uh, his marriage or something like that. Cause his ex, yeah. wife, whatever it was, DeMarcus Cousins, as, as you know, as 
brute as he could be, because, you know, the guy is, like, very physically, gets in a lot of fights, uh, very, like, abrasive. He's established himself, you know? So it's like, okay, let's take a step back. And even then, you know, this type of stuff was addressed. And, you know, there was much more movement. Because this has been uh, at least, like, what is it, a week, two weeks? And after it happened, we haven't heard anything since. So it's like, there's so much more to try and justify one thing where in the other it's like you've killed your career before it started that's the way that i see it hmm. well let's see let's keep an eye out um there's a lot of uh concern that comes into when it comes to the nba uh in, and for us in particular the toronto raptors what's going to happen of course with terrence davis uh what's going to happen with the free agents that are on our team and what's going to happen what when the nba does come back where are they going to be the toronto raptors or are they going to be the new york raptor new york slash toronto slash new uh charlotte slash i don't know where else they're going to play so new york's actually going to have a good team okay (laughs) it's true as long as (laughs) yeah as long as uh the president is still masai ujiri but Let's uh, take a break for for now. Uh, it's it's been a lot of basketball talk, but we're gonna come back and we'll talk a little bit more about basketball. But you know what the players are wearing next season. Talk to you guys. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. season two of mandalorian that's what we're sponsored hey. by i wish, okay, I Yoda, wish. will we finally find out which spe- the species name is when we finally find out what his it's name is yoda <laughs> that's the species <laughs> it's not though it's not literally yoda. it's not uh damn it no it's, uh, this is like this is like okay no spoilers yeah no spoilers i haven't Definitely seen the show <laughs> i just know the timeline 
Okay. Okay. So on to happier things. Um, I know the last conversation we just had before the break, it was a little tough, but it was something that was, you know, we had to bring it up uh, for all three of us. We all, you know, we can't show or tell our emotions through text as much as we can through this podcast. So yeah. let us know what you guys think about what everything that we talked about so far. But the next topic I want to talk to you guys about. And if you guys haven't seen Raps fans, if you guys haven't seen it, Jay has put out a thread on twitter about the leaked jerseys that are coming out in 2021 again these are leaked jerseys these aren't actually confirmed confirmed but they're just leaked jerseys and there is a ton of them and a ton of bad ones some good ones but we're gonna go through some of the ones that jay has uh pointed out and maybe we can show what or tell the listeners what our favorites are and what are just terrible there's way uh, too jay, many terrible ones to choose there from. are way too many bad jay where did you first of all where did you find all these men? I don't know. I think, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I think it started with uh, with, with kind of like a sports check type thing where someone tweeted out <laughs> what they saw and then it just kind of snowballed from there. But really, it's like, I believe it's just two Twitter accounts that, are, that were feeding me all of this. One is a sports logo net or something like that. And then the other one is some okay. Spanish named account that I can't even pronounce but those two have been leaking everything so i'm like all right i'll just go through their twitter feeds and see well, what i can find when they first leaked the the raptors jerseys i thought that was fake when I you thought showed it, it too. Me, I thought, yeah so it, and now it actually came out that it's real and now i'm like okay maybe maybe they are leaking these jerseys um okay well dre I, I'm, I'm assuming that you saw a whole bunch of them as well yes i'll we'll start I, with you man, because i know i think we're all kind of in the consensus man did you which one is first of all which one's your favorite and then which one's your least favorite before i get into that jay i don't recall because i just remember the actual jerseys did you at least call this your thread thread oh, <laughs> oh lost opportunity uh well i'm gonna i'm gonna put a uh, copyright on that all okay right. so i don't remember <laughs> all of them off the top of my head but I was okay with a bunch of them. Like the Golden State Warriors one was, was pretty decent. The, the Trailblazers one was pretty decent. But the ones that like really stood out to me and I loved are kind of few and far between. And I could be completely alone in this because I was alone in the Dallas ones last year, the YTV ones. But um, <laughs> I'm really liking the Dallas ones this year as well. It kind of looks like a, I, I don't know, like a, like a futuristic arena gladiator type thing with like the gold yeah. and the white and like the little yeah. fanning on the side. I also like, and somebody said these were trash and I don't know what the hell they're smoking. The white and like sky blue Lakers, I just think is a really cool combination. And it's very subtle and it's just yeah. very easy to like look at. Um, yeah. I could remember more as we go on. Cause there's a lot of these and I'm going off of these based on memory alone, but I have to bring up, and I've done research into this. I know why these look the way that these do, but that doesn't make them any less atrocious. What is possibly the worst jersey I've ever seen? The <laughs> I, I don't know what edition they are. The whatever the the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. I'll tell you what they are though. They are wait, based on wait which one? <laughs> okay, not. Not the 90s gradient-looking one that looks like word art, which is already bad. I'm talking about the other one, uh, which is inspired by the works of Basquiat. That's why they look that oh way, which God. I yeah, love Basquiat is. as an artist. But that doesn't mean that it looks good on a jersey. You know, that's like 
Picasso looks great, but, I, you know, should I get a tattoo to my arm? I don't know. Like, it's just some things <laughs> work in way. But, like, I get that it's an homage, but, like, you've got to make it work. I mean, the fact that, you know, there's, like, this oddly placed, you know, basketball key at the top and, the, you know, the off-center. Yeah, it's it's, it's atrocious. A, I'm sorry. And I love Bastiat. I, uh, that is a hard look, man, right there. And the, okay, God. Um, so the Nets thing is, I, I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to do the whole, like, the N and the E looks like a basket, and it's all in, like, the key, and it's it's a little strange, and I'm trying to understand what they're going with with the, with the letters. Nothing and, but Nets. I guess, but it kind of brings up like what did there's a new Kobe shirt. I don't know if you guys seen this. But yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. Ad. I just that, saw it earlier. That, that K, the K that looks like Kobe actually shooting. Have you seen that? No, I actually haven't seen yeah, that. Yeah, that I need to. I need to find it for you guys. But it's yeah, yeah. at first I was like, this looks weird. But then I realized that like every kid and every adult now is is whenever they shoot, you know, something into a basket, they always say Kobe. So that K looks like Kobe Bryant shooting a shot and the O looks like the basketball and then the B and E looks like the net. So they're playing around with the letters to look like something that it's, you know, not supposed to or supposed to. And that's what Brooklyn Nets are trying to do with the Nets and it's not working. With which one? <laughs> well, hang on, with, with which one? The basket with the one? Net, like, yeah, the basket with one. The oh, yeah. Before, before I let you guys continue, I've got to pounce on another pun opportunity. Uh, does that mean that they're playing basketball? So oh, like... gosh. <laughs> right itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one was atrocious. Apparently, anyway, moving on. Um, wow, is it? It's, I need to look at this thing again because it just looks. It just looks bad. It yeah, just looks. No. And like, what is with? I know, I know, it's basket again, but like the color frills on like the side. The, it looks like like a kid colored them in. Like it really like does. It, it, yeah. It's just it's it's atrocious. I'm sorry. The, I will go on record as we're being recorded. Those are the worst jerseys I've ever seen in all of NBA history. People make fun of <laughs> really? like, the retro bucks. People make fun of like uh, you Green know some jerseys. These are the worst <laughs> I've ever seen. Wow. That all right. Well, we'll put that on a record. Jay, what about you, man? When you saw these, bro, was there one that stood out to you that was atrocious? And I'm assuming that like you know the. Brooklyn Net won't have to be one of them, but was there ones that are kind of like stood out to you? The 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 Brooklyn Nets one is is like in a tier on its own, and you guys, <laughs> have touched, you guys have touched on it, right? And and a lot of these jerseys are really, really bad. Um, but you know, the more I look at them, some of their there are some good ones in here, and my favorite is actually the Chicago Bulls. I don't yes. know what what, what fonts yes. they're using, but the black they're... and the gold, it it looks very clean. Oh yeah, yeah, those ones were really good. So, They're using the Chicago uh, play. Yeah, yeah, that's how you figured. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, the, the Broadway one. Yeah, yeah. that yeah, looks so fantastic. That one, I, 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 I absolutely that one immediately. I saw that. I'm like, okay, this is by far the best one I've seen. Um, I, I, I like the the San Antonio retro one. The the Phoenix one is getting mixed reviews. I, I personally, I like it, and. Uh, that's almost it for the likes. Um, mm. For the dislikes, there are many. And I would just <laughs> say all of them. But I think outside of the Brooklyn Nets one, I think I guess a tier below that in terms of bad would be the New Orleans Pelicans, which looks like oh, yeah, some variation <laughs> of the Quebec Nordiques. Uh, yeah. 
with the fleur de lis there. Yeah, uh, I thought those were pretty cool. <laughs> and then, and then maybe not so much about look, but just the way it's presented. Uh, the Blazers one bugs me because the having Oregon there on the front is like having a Raptors jersey with Ontario on the front. So <laughs> that just bugs me. I knew like, you were going to, yeah. Oh, okay, uh, sure. I, 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 that just doesn't sit well with me. And then finally, oh my gosh, I could keep going about these bad jerseys. Uh, Sacramento, their jersey, <laughs> it looks like it's, it's, it's unfinished. It's just a Sacktown and yeah. that's it. Like it's, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's like did did you just stop the presses halfway through or I don't like, know what happened there. can you imagine if they have another losing season like it's gonna be like beyond saying this is my house all over again like all the opposing teams are gonna be like where are you going back to sack town like it's just gonna, it's just it, it's not no you gotta get something that's gonna lift yeah. you up not be the butt of all the jokes in the league like you know, Sacktown just doesn't it just it doesn't sit well it like. doesn't ring it doesn't ring you don't want to go to a crowd and have people yell Sacktown let's go Sacktown <laughs> <laughs> oh god I mean I want to say that there are a lot of uh, bad ones but you, you like I would I, I'll give the I'll give the creators the benefit of the doubt. Like it's, I think to me, I feel like it's a little hard to like have something fresh and new and and be appealing and to all audiences. So it's really, really hard, and I understand that. Like the Chicago one, I thought that was fantastic. I've always liked yes. the Los Angeles uh, Clippers uh, font. Yeah, it that's looked like San Andreas kind of yeah. thing. I thought that was really cool. I like the MLK when it comes to Atlanta. MLK um, one's solid. Yeah. Yeah, the MLK one's beautiful. Let's hope the team uh, matches the, next year. Like, that's true. The the one the sleeper one I kind of like, and it kind of looks fake to me. But if it isn't, I kind of like the city never sleeps New York Knicks one because no. of- <laughs> I, I hate to admit it. It's actually okay. It's, it's not okay. bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. I, you know what? It could, if you, what I thought they should have done, they should have done like, and it could be like. A really a bad thing too if it was like a sewage thing but like if they had like a manhole cover or <laughs> well no the, they're playing will replicate the sewage so you know you don't have to worry about yes that. yeah that's the thing like i'm sure they don't want the that to represent their city but i mean <laughs> i thought the circle thing was kind of cool I don't, I don't know so that would be my you know my dark horse the 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 sun's valley one i think it's too much of a pull from the utah jazz uh ones oh yeah the, right. the whole city line mm-hmm. and everything like that and i've always hated the new washington dc ones like the d and the c just looks like an outline of a penis That's, yeah it does i can't i can't unsee it also it's a yeah. d and a c so technically isn't it just dick yeah. <laughs> right if you want to be the most immature <laughs> i know it's just with the uh, columbia but it doesn't matter the washington dicks because yeah i don't no, like it, it, it's, it's just like the, why would you who okayed that who okayed that logo like five years ago i don't understand man <laughs> it's like it's you have it okay well we just lost a whole bunch of subscribers but well, we're Toronto podcast if they're listening to us horrible. it's, it's like, always been so bad so bad but oh. So that's that's the list. I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch more. I mean, we can go through like the the Toronto jerseys too, and what we think, what the projected ones for the the alternate and the OVO jerseys. But maybe that's gonna be a yeah, exactly. That might be another day. But I think we can put in a close on that one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I know Levon take close on Terrence Davis and Levon take. That's that's terrible. Oh, yeah. But but fans, uh, let us know what you think about what's going to go happen on for the start of the NBA season. Do you think it's a good idea to start on the twenty second earlier so we can get a Christmas Day game, or do you think it's better for the players to start on on MLK Day? Uh, also, let us know about you know what's going to happen if the Raptors do come back. If the NBA does come back. Are they going to be the Toronto Raptors or are they going to be somewhere else? And you know, let us know which. <laughs> which jersey you're gonna cop i seriously don't hope it's not the dc one man good lord you don't want a penis to know in your jersey <laughs> just, that's just me that's just me like, but, when you say I, when, you, when you say a dick on your jersey do you mean like uh like on the front or like or like any like wearing it because like i mean just anywhere just i don't like, like them, you so. got you got the outline of a penis and you have the american flag on the sideline like that's you know, my penis, uh, it, worn it, by it, john wall it writes itself, man. It writes itself. Dre, before we say anything else, uh, putrid. Dre, Dre, where can I find you, brother? Uh, I'm not going to give any address, especially if you're uh, if you live in Washington, uh, DC, or uh, whichever, um, whichever Washington at this point, I guess. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs. You can follow my uh, film editorial and review website, Films Fatale, F I L M S F A T L E dot com. Uh, no spaces. I'm currently, you know, working on all sorts of movie stuff. The top 100 films of the 1960s is coming up early next month. So that's going to be a dope way to end the end of the year. It's my all time favorite cinematic era. The 60s are the best. Jay, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Rosalisaurus and find my writing and this podcast as you're finding it right now on Raptors HQ. And that's me. Yes, sir. And you can find all of us at That's Rap Pod on Twitter. You can find my work here. Uh, you're listening to it right now. And you can find my work also uh, in the last previous episode with uh, the Walder Sportscast, where Chris Walder uh, interviewed the one and only Herbie Coon. So check that out, too. And until next time, hopefully we will know, one, who the president is into when the start of the season is. Until then, that's a wrap. <laughs>